Hello and welcome to the weekly VM Campos Comic Book Club. I'm your host, VM Campos. This is the series where I review a comic book, new or old, from my collection, and rate it on the following factors. Cover art, interior art, plot, and enjoyability of the book on a scale of 1 to 5. This week I'm reading Spider-Woman number 1, published by Marvel Comics in 2020. So first, a little background information. As I've said before, Spider-Man is my favorite character, my favorite superhero, my favorite comic book character. And to be honest, I don't read a lot of the Spider-Woman comics. I know of her existence. I remember her series from 2016 where there was a big plot about she had a child, she was about to give birth. And I know the character's been around for a while, since 1978. Hey, that's when I was born. And so that character would be Jessica Drew. The funny thing is that there have been several different Spider-Women throughout the years. Off the top of my head, I don't remember her name, but remember that one Spider-Woman that had the black and white costume that inspired, to some degree, Peter Parker's black costume? And remember the big controversy of Milo Manara uh, painting that very provocative Spider-Woman cover a few years ago? I have a few issues of the 2009 series when it's got uh, strong ties to Hydra. And so basically, I don't know a lot about the character. She seems interesting. In the more recent stories, it seemed to be a little bit more towards somewhat comedic, which I thought was cool. I liked the comedic Spider-Woman and She-Hulk and Spider-Gwen and Squirrel-Girl, that sort of motif that they went for after the most recent Secret War. And so there's a brand new number one series, a new Spider-Woman series, that just debuted in 2020. So let's talk about it. So first of all, the cover. I got the J. Scott Campbell variant cover. There were a bunch of covers, because this one is variant number 9. I wish Marvel would also show like a cover gallery, uh, similar to other publishers like Dynamite. That'd be nice at the back of the book to show you all of the other possible covers. And so there were a variety of them to choose from at my comic shop. Now, I did pick up this book on the final day before everyone went on lockdown and so many businesses closed. So my comic shop called me over and they said, we're closing up, the mall is closing, pick up all your stuff. So I picked this up maybe three weeks ago and I went for the J. Scott Campbell cover. So it's very luminous. There's a lot of green tones from her Venom Blasts. I believe those, that's what that's called. She's got her uh, classic costume, the red and yellow. And the big thing about this new series is that she's changing her costume again. So there's several variants with the new costume or with the classic costume. I think the cover does a good job of focusing on the character, her costume, a very feminine pose, but it's kind of not a very interesting cover. J. Scott Campbell, I think, is very talented. I like his cartoony aspect, the style that he does. But it's just not very creative. It's just Spider-Woman posing, very curvy, very sexy on the cover. Slightly awkward hands. Colorization is really nice. And on a technical level, it's good. But I just think this Campbell cover isn't as good as it could be. So I'll give it a 4 out of 5. I think Campbell covers sell, just for the, the name and the sexiness of them. 
but sometimes the creativity isn't as strong as it could be. Interior art is by Peta Perez, color by Frank Darmata. The interior art is just sort of a standard current Marvel style. It's realistic with a little bit of tinge of cartooniness. There's a variety of action happening. There's like a really great shot of, of Spider-Woman battling a bunch of thugs, really beating them. And there's contrasts of silhouettes plus the main action. There's a few speed lines here and there, especially when she jumps in a car and speeds at the bad guys. Anatomy of the characters is very good, very realistic. There's a few little minor things here and there, especially in expressions that are a little bit more cartoony. So I kind of like that variety of cartoony expressions plus realistic scenery and anatomy. There's a pony with a pink hairdo that looks hilarious. There's nothing really negative that I can find in the art. Just by skimming it and looking at the art, there's just a lot of interesting things to look at. As I said, expressions, posing, scenery. There's a really gnarly shot of Jessica barfing some green stuff and the aftermath of that. At the end of the book, there's a sort of a two weeks ago sort of plot with the classic costume. Spoiler alert, how she gets her new costume. This backup story feels a little bit more Frank Cho-esque in style. It feels a little more gratuitous than the rest of the book. And the character looks a little bit more thick, if you know what I mean, compared to the rest of the plot. I don't see any difference, different credits, so it must be the same artist, Perez. Even though it definitely feels like a Cho art. Oh, here we go. In the frontispiece, uh, Paolo Sicchieria is the penciler, and Oren Jr. is the inker, and Frank de Armata, again, is the colorist. So it's two different uh, artists, Pera Perez, at the first story, and then the second story is Paolo Sicchieria. So that's why it looks a little bit different. So I would give both um, a 5 out of 5. I, I enjoyed the art from both artists, from both teams. The first story is written by Carla Pacheco, and the second story as well as Carla Pacheco, for the continuity, I suppose. The synopsis at the beginning. When Jessica Drew was a child, her father rescued her from a fatal illness using a serum of irradiated spider biomaterial. The concoction not only cured her, it granted her adhesive fingertips and toes, enhanced speed and agility, a high concentration of pheromones, and the ability to fire biokinetic venom blasts. She's been an Avenger, an agent of Hydra, a super spy, a PI, and she recently became a mom, but you can call her Spider-Woman. So the first plot is basically about uh, her hiring herself out uh, to be like security at a rich girl's birthday party. Chaos ensues because the rich girl is about to get kidnapped. All the while, she's got like some really bad headaches. And so even though Spider-Woman can get the job done, there's just something going on behind the scenes. I thought the plot was a little bit darker than what the uh, previous Spider-Woman comic was about. So I didn't quite like that. Uh, nowadays with what the world is. I'm looking for some lighter fare, so I thought it was a little too dark for me. The second story 
titled New Costume, Who This? Is Jessica visiting Big Ronnie's Custom Battle Spandex? So that's pretty funny to get a new costume so that uh, she's kind of got a different persona for her side gig. Jessica says, so I need something for normal work. Well, normal-ish. The seamstress says, what you need is something with more stretch here and there, pointing to various uh, curves. And, she, and, and Jessica replies, the stretch is fine. I just need, oh, I know. You need something anonymous yet distinct, something bold, mysterious, something bad. And so... This is the origin of the brand new costume. So Spider-Woman had a more utilitarian costume on the last series, sort of a bomber jacket-esque sort of thing, some cool goggles and such. And then this new one is a little focus more on black and red styling, still form-fitting. But something is not as it seems as that story ends. So on the first story, which I thought was a little bit too dark for my tastes, I'll give it a 4 out of 5. For the second story, I'll give it a 4.5 out of 5. I thought it was a little bit funnier. The shortness of it, I think, created a nice plot. And I like how they both tied together. The second story was sort of a prequel to the first story of this issue. And lastly, the enjoyability of the book. I'll give that a 4 out of 5. I have not been keeping up with the character, so I don't know all of the ins and outs of the character uh, and what happened on the last series. So I don't think there was enough exposition to kind of get you where you needed to be. But you can pick it up enough to see that Jessica needs some money and, her, and the hero business doesn't pay for itself, so she's off doing private security. You get to see a lot of inner monologue, inner torment... A lot of great action, a little bit of comedy here and there. There's a there's a punk kid that she throws overboard because he's such a rich little brat. I knew I shouldn't have come to this stupid cripple's birthday party. My parents are going to sue all of you. And she throws him overboard, rightfully so, teaching him a lesson of not to be so insensitive and a bully. Jessica just won't take any guff from these brats. She eventually reconciles with him by throwing him at one of the bad guys and yelling, And if I ever hear you say cripple or sexist shit again, I'm tossing you by the ass. You tell him, Jessica. So again, I'll give that a 4 out of 5. It's enticing me to read the next issue. Hopefully my comic shop will have it next time. I think they're doing curbside delivery to keep us safe during these times. So in conclusion... If you're looking for a comic that balances personal angst with superheroing, check out Spider-Woman number one. There's a new plot, a new costume, a new journey in Jessica's life. Don't forget to check out patreon.com slash vmcampos to find exclusive stuff. At the $1 tier, you'll get access to all of that. At the $2 tier... I'll mail you a comic book in appreciation from my curated list. Or simply follow. Follows are free on Patreon, patreon.com slash vmcampos, and you'll be alerted to all of the things I do regarding comic books, comic con, Magic the Gathering, and more. In any event, I hope you like, subscribe, and share the podcast. It really means a lot. So this week I read Spider-Woman number one, published by Marvel Comics in 2020. This has been the weekly VM Campos Comic Book Club, and I'll see you next week.